the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 26th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Advocates of gun law reform face an uphill battle to push their ideas through the Republican-controlled Indiana General Assembly, but say public sentiment on firearm safety may be moving some to action. At groups seeking to change Indiana gun laws say recent high-profile shooting incidents heighten the need for universal background checks, storage regulations, raising the minimum age to buy and carry a gun, and the banning of homemade or ghost guns. A recent poll by Pew Research found that more than 70% of Americans believe gun violence is either a moderate or major problem in the country. Jerry King, with Hoosiers concerned about gun violence, says the gun lobby has a lot of influence in Indiana. A fanatical minority of people who think that any encroachment on possession is a violation. Any kind of reasonable regulation is a violation of the Second Amendment, and I think those folks will be with us for a long time. King's optimism is a result of some gun reform measures getting bipartisan support on issues such as strengthening gun and ammunition storage regulations and closing loopholes in the state's red flag law. Republican leaders say their goal is to protect Second Amendment rights and make Indiana a safer place to live. Mark Richardson reporting. King says the gun storage regulations are partly aimed at slowing the high rate of suicide by gun incidents with measures that require guns and ammunition to be stored in separate rooms. A South Dakota legislative committee begins discussions today on a plan to repeal the state's grocery tax. Nearly a dozen states impose sales taxes on food sold in supermarkets. Some have taken steps to pause or reduce those taxes after major spikes in consumer prices. AARP's Eric Nelson says South Dakota should take similar action by eliminating its grocery tax. He says there are many people out there, including older residents, who are still feeling the squeeze. Many times, South Dakota low-income seniors may be having to choose between purchasing food and other vital necessities, such as prescription drugs or peat. Republican Governor Kristi Noem also supports the idea, but some members of her party plan to oppose the move when it comes up for votes. They, along with groups like the Chamber of Commerce, argue the move could place pressure on the state budget because a key revenue source would be lost. I'm Mike Moen. South Dakota's tax on groceries is at 4.5%. It's one of only three states that tax groceries at the full sales tax rate. Now from NBC News, Representative George Santos made a significant revision to his 2022 campaign filings Tuesday, specifying that a $500,000 loan he made to the campaign did not come from his personal funds. This is Public News Service. The proposed merger between the grocery chains Albertson and Kroger has antitrust laws in the spotlight, as the supermarket companies are already the two largest in the nation. More on that from our Danielle Smith. Albertson has more than 2,000 stores. Kroger's has more than 2,700. 121 Kroger stores are in Tennessee with more than 18,000 workers. Since the merger plan was first announced in October, it's been under intense scrutiny. Stacy Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance says the grocery industry is already consolidated, which affects workers, farmers, small businesses, and consumers. We've seen 
food production workers and farmers getting paid less, the consumers paying more for groceries. What's happening is that you've got this a small number of companies in the middle, the middlemen, including the supermarket chains, who are uh, absorbing more and more of spending for themselves and uh, becoming uh, incredibly profitable. Ohio-based Kroger has stated in a news release that its acquisition of Idaho-based Albertson would expand customer reach and improve access to affordable food to about 85 million households. The deal still requires Federal Trade Commission approval, a decision that's expected next year. And January is Radon Action Month. After smoking, radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the U.S., with the EPA estimating it claims the lives of 21,000 Americans annually. The gas seeps into homes via gaps and cracks in foundations, joints connecting walls to floors, as well as pipes and drains. Radon has no smell, color, or taste and requires special effort to detect. Dr. Cliff Mitchell, director of Maryland's Environmental Health Bureau, says radon testing is important and easy to do. It's very, very simple to get one of the simple charcoal canister tests and run that yourself. And generally speaking, those are very effective screening tests if you have no idea what's happening in your home. Short Brett Pivato reporting. Finally, Eric Tegadoff tells us local governments are looking to the youth climate movement to get young people engaged in civic action. Nancy Deutsch is director at YouthNex, an interdisciplinary center that promotes effective youth development housed at the University of Virginia. She says young people can be assets in the fight against climate change because they come at the issues from a different perspective. In part because they're open to risk-taking more than adults. And so I think it's really important that youth and youth climate councils are at the table. Deutsch says young people are leading this movement because they will bear the brunt of the damage from increasing temperatures. She also notes that people under 18 aren't able to vote, and so these climate councils provide an outlet for civic engagement. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Remember, unless you're supported, here's a great radio station's your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.